I'm Kim Bach, author of The Better Bucket List, 40 in 40. And um, I met Pablo in our mutual friend, Jerry McNamara's group, Proven Chaos, where we try to solve think the, the problems on our minds of, the, of that day and that week. And I think you should connect with Pablo because above all else, I believe we want to be seen. And Pablo, at least he sees me and he helps you see yourself um, by asking the right questions and telling helping you tell your story. And it's it's invaluable to me and I think you should connect with me too. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, in my walks, every man I meet is my superior in some way. And in that, I learn from him. This means every single person you ever interacted with has done something slightly different than every single other person and therefore has something to teach you. And you, my friend, have something to teach them. This means every conversation you have is both a chance to learn something and a chance to make an impact. Every networking event or conference you walk into is both a library and your stage. Your network is your personal Google, and you are a part of everyone's Wikipedia. My name is Pablo Gonzalez, and I am your Chief Executive Connector. Follow me as we meet people in my walks. Find out what we can learn from them, what they've learned from others, and what made them want to connect so you can learn to gain and give value to others in all of your interactions. I am terrible at asking for stuff, but if you want to do me a favor, subscribe to the podcast. Let me know what you've learned from each episode, or at the very least, hit me up if I can ever be of service or any kind of value to you. Now, without further ado, let's get connected. Welcome to the Chief Executive Connector. I am Pablo Gonzalez, your host and Chief Executive Connector. And today with us is my dear friend, Kim Bach, who is the best. She is a leader who's been studying personal growth for 25 years. She has a BA in leadership and an MA in communication. She's currently the VP of Human Resources for a mid-sized financial company. But most importantly, she is publishing her first book, The Better Bucket List, about an epic story of when she turned 40 years old and she decided that she needed to do something different because where she was headed wasn't where she wanted to be going and she wanted to take control of her life. She is somebody that provides for me constant inspiration every time I talk to her. She is a sounding board, a confidant for me, one of my good friends these days. And, um, you know, I just think she's super duper cool. So welcome, Kim. Right back at you, Pablo. Thanks so much for having me. (laughs) Man, I'm so pumped we're doing this. So, all right, Kim, you know that I start the podcast off with my thesis that the quickest way for people to bond with each other is to share some vulnerability and, and connect that way or add value to people's life. Every time I'm talking to you, I'm getting value out of it. So our friend that's listening is going to get a ton of value in this call. But before they think that you're this like super lady, why don't you share with us what 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 are you struggling with right now? Or what is something that you've struggled with in the past? Gosh, well, I I feel like I'm struggling with probably what most people are, which is how do I balance staying safe physically um, with not putting my life on hold? Like I am kind of a caged animal right now because I, it has been 10, 11 months of relative isolation, at least from the things we normally do. And I 
feel like that's the responsible choice. And yet there's like a piece of me that is literally like dying inside. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out how I can fill those needs that I used to fill with all this other places and things and people and newness, which is what my book is about when not a whole lot is new every day. Like I, this is, life feels very boring and not a whole lot of fun right now. And that's a struggle for me. Would you say that you're an extrovert or an introvert? I would say I'm an extrovert. Like I, I get filled up by close talking with the people I love and strangers on a plane. Like that's who I am. I'm like, let's saddle up. That's why we get along so well. All the deep stuff. We got an hour and a half till we get to Charlotte. Like that's, that's what I'm about. That, that makes, that makes perfect sense. So what are you, obviously I echo with this, right? Like I, I, I feel like I found I'm, I'm able to fill my, my bucket, which we're going to talk about buckets in a second. The relationship piece, I've been taking so many like new people making new friends on zoom calls that Mm -hmm. that stuff, that that stuff hits my, my biggest struggle when you say newness, man, that, that really, that really rings a bell. I think building my business has been like a very new experience all the time, but my, you know, my hardest thing is, is what you said, that quandary, that responsibility thing, like the, we live in Florida, people here aren't really taking it seriously. Right. You do have, do you have people like inviting you out to do stuff and, and you're like, eh, or, or, or what's, what's that scenario? Are you having to make daily decisions about that? Um, a little bit. So there's some effort uh, of people to try to pull me out and, and I do feel conflicted there. But I think it's, it's mostly just, I guess, there is a danger of relying too much on the outside stimulus to make you feel good. And I think I am becoming very acutely aware that it's really hard to fill yourself up without all those outside influences and injections and so the struggle for me is how do I not slip into a depression um is like how how do you recreate who you know yourself to be and get pumped up and feel good every day when how you normally do that is on hold it's just that that's the hard part for me I don't mind saying no but then it leaves me at home sitting by myself like saying, am I going to really like binge this next show on Netflix? Have you found anything to help that? Like, have you, like, I, I, I agree, right? Like I, I'm always very self-conscious about like how much I need to turn some of what I fills me up from external factors to internal factors. And I feel like you're a really deep person. Have you been going inside? Has it been meditation, journaling? Like what's been your, what have you been doing for it? Yeah, it, it's a ton of meditation. Um, and it's a it's a lot of confronting the fact that I wasn't quite as comfortable with myself and my mind chatter as I wanted to be or thought I was. So it's it's meditation used to be sort of a hobby and like now it's a necessity. Like I have a hard time feeling energized, optimistic centered, not anxious now if I don't meditate. And so needing it is the new part. I used to be like, I'm a yoga person. I go to meditation because that's who I am and it's fun. And it feels, now it's like, I better take my medicine or I'm having a hard time getting through the day. And it's, it, it does help create some other empathy because I actually 
met someone once whose husband ultimately killed himself from depression. And I said, what do you want me to learn from that? And she said, if anything, I want you to know that some people wake up happy every day and some people don't. And if you're one of those people who wakes up happy every day, you need to fall on your knees in gratitude because not everybody does. I'm one of those people who always wakes up happy. And this has been my first experience with having to work at it, having to really work on my outlook. And it's helped me, I think, have more compassion for people who start kind of in the mud that way every day. I just got goosebumps, man. Like I, that, wow. The, I agree. I've always been so grateful about my positive disposition, right? right. But like putting that into perspective is, is huge and drawing empathy from it. I think is the lesson that we needed to learn here, that, which, which I, I knew you were going to drop some deep stuff on, right? Um, real quick question before we transition into your story. That question, what do I need to learn from that when somebody tells you something difficult like that? Is that a tool that you have? Is that like, do you go, is that where you go when someone like tells you something that most people would be like, oh, I'm sorry? Absolutely. Um, I'm a fan of, helping someone make clear what they are trying to tell you. I, I, I don't always get it right. And I have a lot of, I always have thoughts and opinions on what's coming my way. I'm trying to learn. So yes, I ask people, what do you want me to learn from this? And I, I find that it isn't always what I thought. We're still in our own heads. Um, and usually the answer is much more profound than whatever I was sitting on. Dude, I'm, Right now, I'm telling you, I'm going to use that. Like, you just changed my life. You just changed my approach to people, right? Like I've, like, I've always said the whole thing, right? Like, you can't start a conversation with anybody. All you can hope to do is join the conversation happening in their head. Yes. And, and even me, who is very aware of this, I still struggle with how to do that. But I, I find that tool, what you just said, we can always ask that clarifying question when we're in a conversation. What do I need to learn from that? Like, I, I kind of want to finish every conversation I have with that question now. Love it. That's Take awesome. it. It's All right, serious. cool. All right. Now let's talk. Now let's talk Kim's awesomeness. <laughs> Kim, I mean, I just, I just turned 40 a month ago, right? So like I am, I, I am you when you started this adventure. Talk to me about what happened before you turned 40 and, 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 and what happened after you turned 40 that you are now writing a book about. Yeah. Well, before 40 was my whole life, right? Yeah. And the closer I got to 40, the more dread and panic I felt that I had not done a fraction of the things I wanted to do. I wasn't the person I thought I would be. I mean, I think most of us experience that 40 is a milestone and we have been taught to believe that. I think that's a gift. And the closer it got, the more I felt pressure. I felt pressure to do stuff before I got old. I felt pressure to do the things I said I was going to do. And I also had this like panic because I was like, I'm a responsible adult. Like I got a mortgage, I got kids, I got a job. Like how am I going to go climb Machu Picchu? Like I, that wasn't really in the cards. So I felt like I was going to lose at this year, like, if I tried to do it the way that I was expected to do it. So I was trying to figure out this problem because I don't like to lose. I wanted to like win at being for at being 40. Let, let me ask something then. What did, 
who did you expect to be at 40? And what did you think people expected you to be at 40? Yeah, I wanted to be this like traveling the world, National Geographic photographer. Like that's who I wanted to be. I, I probably was thinking, I didn't, I didn't really consider children or other responsibilities. I just was like, I'm gonna be like up in the mountains photographing like, in, like endangered animals and every day is gonna be an adventure. I'm probably living in a tent somewhere. And like, I, you know, I live in the suburbs of Florida. I have two children, I have a corporate job. I wake up every day and kind of do the same thing and I pay my bills on time. And the, the gap between the two, those two things always felt understandable until I was approaching 40. And then I was like, oh my God, I'm the most boring person on the planet. <laughs> All right, so, so what did you think? So you wanted to be this traveling coolness of right? yeah. like Liz Gilbert writing Eat, Pray, Love, right? Yeah. Like. What, what did you think people expected of you? Did you, did you have like, did your family expect you to be that person or did your family expect you to be this like suburban wife? Great question. I think a little of both. I think, I think we have this fantasy and I do think it starts with us, but must be planted there that, that you, you need to be an awesome mom and you're going to raise this family and they're your first priority. But Kim, you're an amazing person and you're super adventurous. So why are you not on safari, you know, doing this? I, I actually think we expected of ourselves. And yes, I think my family was like, Kim's going to live this extraordinary life. But Kim's also always the one to do the right thing. And I don't think they thought about how I was going to do both. And I hadn't either until I felt like there was like some sort of time running out. Mm-hmm. All right. So what was your solution? Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me about, tell me about your 40th year. Okay. So it was really a matter of how can I inject who I want to be and who I see myself as in these little micro adventures. So when I thought about the bucket list, I instead re-envisioned it as like drops in the bucket. It was really a practicality. I was like, maybe I could save enough money to go on one trip or I could do all these little things that in the end actually created a more adventurous person and lifestyle. Um, but it was really mostly a matter of working with what I had. <laughs> like I, I was like, well, I can't go to Machu Picchu, but I can, you know, go camping by myself overnight at the state park, 45 minutes away. Cause I've never done that before. Um, and it led to, in the end, what I believe is a much more sustainable, realistic, and impactful way to, to live your life. The concept of a bucket list, was that, was that concept in your head when you did this? Were you like, this is, I have a bucket list, this is a new bucket list, or are you now rethinking what you did? Because at the end of the day, what you did was you set a goal for yourself to do 40 things that would be on a bucket list yeah. in one year, right? Did 40 you- things I'd never done before that were meaningful to me in my 40th year. Okay. When you started it Mm -hmm. or, or, or before you decided to go 40 things this year. Yeah. Were you like, I have this bucket list and I'm not achieving it or, or now once you did this and decided to go 40 on 40, 
and then now you're thinking this is what a bucket list should be. Uh, like, right. t- talk me through that. No, I, I'm definitely a list person. Okay. I have a bucket list. Um, just to add to the pain of the 40th year approaching, my teenage daughter had my bucket list from 1995 that I'd written, handwritten on pieces of paper. And I walked in one day to her room on her whiteboard and it was with a magnet posted on her whiteboard. So not only did I have a list that I hadn't checked off, now my daughter had my list up there. And like, you could see like two check check marks, like swim with dolphins was checked off and like buy a house or something like, and so now, yeah, I had a list and I was like, oh my God. But the list, when I looked at it, it was the list of another person. Mm. That's when I let myself off the hook and said, okay, I'm not going to go chase this list that someone else made up that frankly, she didn't really even know who she was very well. My list was pretty, I would say cliche, right? You could say a name. It was like swim at dolphins, like visit every baseball stadium in the country, go to the Super Bowl, climb Machu Picchu, do a marathon. That was my list. And you know what? Like, I hate running. Like, I hate it. I've never, I'm really never run on purpose in my life. I didn't want to run a marathon. And I started saying like, why the hell do I have to run a marathon? Like, why is that on the bucket list at all? Not just for me, but for everybody. How did that become the thing? Because it certainly wasn't my thing. So the challenge was, yes, I had a list. Did it still apply? If not, how did I come up with a new list? Do you think that that's an endemic issue? Do you think people's bucket lists are usually somebody else's bucket list? I do. I do. And we know it because if we polled people and they had to off the cuff write down 10 things, they would be very similar. I really, truly believe that. We've we've never really been taught how to dream. Like we haven't, we don't spend time really analyzing the kind of stuff that like gets us uniquely jazzed. Like the stuff that's just your secret little stuff that no one else has to understand. Like, but to you, it would be super meaningful. Um, We don't know how to do that very well, I don't think. I think we're responding to media, responding to movies, responding to the quick list on Pinterest. And I don't know that we really know how to figure out what we want that we've never had before. Listen, I totally agree, right? Like I, I, these days I look around and I'm like, am I the only person outside of the matrix, right? Because I'm, because I'm on this like entrepreneurial path and I don't, I don't like, I cut the cord. Um, I'm like, so just like focused on mission and impact and, and, and whatever, but I still am a part of five to 35 WhatsApp groups with like old friends that are so consumed with what's happening in the media with, you know, the person that cut them off. Like it feels, it feels like they're just in this like inertia, right? Like the, the hamster wheel. Yep. You, you know, for me, it was, I, uh, you know, like I'm, I'm just out of it. Not really by design. It sounds like, it sounds like you designed your, get off the hamster wheel. I did. How? I did. <laughs> so I do think that recognizing 
and I've been taught this, that it's much easier for people to know what they don't want than to know what they want. So I knew, okay, I don't want to run a marathon. I don't want to be cliche. I don't want to just do what I've been told in my 40th year I should want to do. So I knew that. And then the question was, okay, what do I want? And it was kind of a blank page. Like everyone's said, like, do you have a list? You're going to go about and check off the list. I was like, I really don't. So what I started doing was I did spend a little bit of quiet time and said, okay, what are the secret little things that you know you've wanted to do? And you may have never actually written those down because you were afraid it's going to end up somewhere on someone's like bulletin board. And the very first one, which again, you hesitate saying them because they, they're probably not what everyone would love. But for me, it was a Renaissance festival. Like I wanted to dress up like a wench and like get heckled by pirates drinking beer and like be in character in like Elizabethan times, like all day. I really wanted to be somebody else for a day and be like, like I wanted to be, you know, uh, in the princess bride. Like this was the closest I could get. And as you wish, yeah, as you wish. As, exactly, princess buttercup. Yeah. That's what I wanted to do. Um, I wanted to go to the prices right. I mean, like, these are like the weirdo things that some of us are like, yeah, that would be like kind of my thing. Um, and so I started there, right? Like, what are the secret things? Let me write those down and be a little purposeful about them. The second thing after the secret is, you know what? You don't really get great ideas sitting alone by yourself with your notebook, or at least I don't. I put it out there to my people, like Facebook, family. I said, here's what I'm doing. I'm committing to doing 40 things in my 40th year I've never done before. There's a few rules. I'm looking for ideas. Here's the catch. If you give me an idea, you have to come with me. Because mm. I wanted to do this with people. Some people I loved, some people maybe I just met, sometimes strangers, but again, extrovert, I wanted to do it with people. So if you said, oh, what about this? You've just volunteered. And that brought, basically injected into my life, all these people who were then sharing their secret things. And I was like, oh, I never thought about that before, but I could totally get into that. Best example of that was my friend who I didn't know very well is a magician, professional magician. Like what a cool job. He was like, have you ever heard of the magic castle? Of course I had not. He said, this is a private club for professional magicians. Do you wanna go? And I was like, hell yeah, I wanna go. I get to spend a night out at a club for, with just like a hundred other professional magicians. I could not have dreamed that up on my own because I didn't even know it existed, but I put it out there to my network and I had someone say, hey, how about this? I'll be your tour guide. So much of what you said makes me feel like when you said, I want to go to a Renaissance festival, I can't tell you the feeling. Like I felt like, I felt like there was this like warm wave that came up like my neck and then out my shoulders of just like, <laughs> it was this weirdest feeling, right? Like, I think that that's so cool. The, 
the escapism that you can feel by like entering another world of fantasy and you're and 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 allowing yourself to like be in wonder right something jerry talks a lot about um that's super super cool and and what i want to highlight in what you said that's something that i speak about a lot is that often feedback is the greatest enabler to getting to where you need to get yeah right like the fact that you weren't just writing it alone though you put it out to people as much as possible, right? Like that's, that's, that's how I've gotten to where I'm at in, in my career and my business and everything. It's just this like rapid iteration that first started off as going to a ton of conferences and having 400 conversations in like four months to, to then exactly what you just said, going to Facebook, right? Like to me, to me in this day and age, in this isolation where I find feedback and, and, and hearing back from people is so important because it can always help you iterate, right? Like let go of the judgment piece of it and just like listen to the part that feeds you. Yeah. But to me, Facebook is just like, and the internet in general is this like giant enabler of just like, I'm just going to throw up a beacon, man. And, and see, oh. see if someone bites and, you know, like, you know, see if someone wants to dress like a pirate and go to medieval times, who knows? Right? And you know, People who aren't into that, they'll pass right over it. Yeah. It's not quite as scary as you think because yeah. people have to self-select in and they they sort of ignore you if it's not their thing. Yeah. You know, and so sometimes I had a specific idea and sometimes, you know, I just said, hey, remember, like, I'm going to be in California next week. Like, who wants to go do something? And, you know, and it's, you know, it wasn't always some of the best adventures were not with my closest friends because I was taken extra far outside of my comfort zone yeah. and extra far outside of what I thought could have happened. And yeah. so like I played in a poker tournament in Vegas. Awesome. Like, what? Like we played cards growing up. Like my mom taught us how to play like spit and like, you know, hearts, but like, so I thought I could play cards. I was like, I'd love to be, I watched it on TV. I, I want to be any Duke. Yeah. I want to play poker with like all the weird dudes at the table and like wear my sunglasses and my, you know, I'm and a person who was a client of the company I worked for, who I didn't know very well, mm. happened to have been in Vegas mm. when I kind of put the bulletin at board, the bulletin out there. And Super he's, like, he's like, cause I don't listen. I'm not quite as ballsy as I'm coming off right now. There's some fear walking into these new experiences. So to have someone on your arm who's done it before and be like, listen, she's pre-registered. Here's her number. What table is she at? Walk me down and sit down and be like, I'll see you on the other side. Made all the difference. First of all, you know, one, one thing I want to delineate there, which is something that I've been finding, finding patterns in, it's the the people most different from you offer the most value to you. <laughs> you know, like I, I'm just very much on this, like we need to see the other as an asset as opposed to a threat or, or something to judge. Right. Like, and, and that was a really, really good illustration of that. The other thing I'm noticing is that you like hanging out with weird dudes, right? Like magicians, <laughs> medieval Renaissance guys. Poker <laughs> I don't want to live there, but I love to visit. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. This is, balance we were talking about before i can be a responsible uh bill paying adult yeah. and also sort of take a dip into these other parts of myself that we all have yeah. and that is 
thrilling. And then when you come back, not a week later, but later that night, you come back to your house in suburbia and your reliable job and your kids, you are changed a little bit. Like I became a little bit closer every micro adventure to who I actually believed myself to be. And it became addictive, really. I love that you call it a micro adventure because that's exactly what I was picturing, right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm picturing, okay, if you got four hours, by the way, I think guys that play golf do this, right? Like, you know, like you got four hours and you fill it with something you've never done before. You know, that's an adventure, right? Like you don't have to go to Machu Picchu and spend, you don't need to have a two week adventure. You can have a 30 minute adventure, right? Um, is that something that always came? I, I, I guess was that the big mindset shift that you had to have to have this like 40 days? Did you, did you purposefully, purposefully think I'm going to approach these little things as adventure or as you started iterating through it, you're like, this feels like an adventure. Yeah, no, it was the second. I, I honestly, I mostly felt pressure because I came up with this idea. I put it out there to everybody. And one of the four rules I had was make the deadline. So in the beginning, I was just trying to like, I, I got to do something new every week because I got a blog about it because I said I was going to do it. And I feel a very strong uh, sense of obligation. If I say I'm going to do something, I do it. And so at the beginning, no, I wasn't thinking I was going to be transformed. I was like, you said you were going to do this. So you better go do something. It's, it's Friday night and you haven't done anything new. So put it out there and get your butt out of your sweatpants and go do something different and new. And sometimes, um, you know, that meant, you know, going when I was away for work, instead of going to Panera for breakfast, I was like, I better go to that pho place that's open at 8 a.m. that looks kind of intimidating by myself and go eat a food I've never eaten before which is not something that necessarily comes naturally to me. Hmm. But the one thing I think that I was, I was more willing to, I wanted to make the goal more than I was wanted to hold on to my comfort zone. Hmm. I, otherwise, I, no, I would have never done it. I, 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 I would have just gone to Panera. Did at some point, did adventure become like the activation word at some point? Like, were you just like, all right, I'm going to go get the fuck adventure time. <laughs> Yeah, but not, um, it was less adventure and more just new. new. I've now come to understand anything new is an adventure. Mm. But to me, adventure is like a really big expectation. I, I think we think we're going to be like, have our hiking boots on and our backpack and like, we'll be gone for nine hours. The word carried some pressure for me. I now know that anything adventurous is something where you are in a new and unusual place that demands you to be a new version of yourself. That's an adventure. Um, and when you can take the, yeah, a little bit of the expectations off and be like, hey, like, how about you just go write that letter to your kids that you've been saying you've been wanting to write, sit down and prioritize and make time for something that's gonna demand a different part of you than would normally show up on default. To me, that's a, that's a life of adventure. That's who I want to be. Awesome. I love that. I love that. Well, so 
I, I mean, I think this is a perfect moment to bring up something we haven't really talked about yet. And it's the fact that you're not done having adventures, right? Like I don't, I, I do, do you want to say how old you are right now? I'm 45. You're 45. You had this 40 years of adventure, 41 year of adventure. Yeah. But right now at 45, you realized you can work from anywhere. Thank you, COVID. Yes. And you're, it coincided with your youngest going off to college or your yeah. oldest going off to college? oldest going off to college and you are, you are doing another bucket list thing, right? Like, uh, t- t- tell me, tell me about that. So I am, my house is on the market. I'm selling it and moving from South Florida to Asheville, North Carolina. Sick. And like the coolest thing about that year and how it changed me is I recognized, well, one, I liked that version of myself and my experience of, life um, became so much fuller and as with most adventures you kind of start needing more and more frequent interactions that kind of are exciting to you and you also get braver and so my there's nothing wrong with my house I'm not unhappy here but it's time for something new and I learned that the reward when you are willing to step out of your comfort zone and walk into an unknown experience is huge. And I can only imagine that if I do that with where I live, it will change me for the better, just like the small adventures did. Awesome. You say all this stuff and you sound like a really courageous person, right? Like, like to me, I, I hear, I hear courage in all of this, right? Like I, I hear again, going back to Brene Brown, like, well, you know, you're able to be vulnerable, which is, which means that you can go into courage, like reaching out to people to like saying that you're going to do this bucket list. Um, you know, from the beginning, that's that, those are all acts of courage. And it sounds like you've, you've built up that muscle. Were you, did you have signs of being like a courageous person growing up? Like, do you think that this is something that you're wired for that now you're kind of like feeding into or have you, have you profoundly changed at some point through all of this or both? Yeah, such a good question. How I have seen myself is this is a profound change. I believe that courage is something that's built. And in my experience, and this is where the work I do did help inform that 40th year is I knew that behavioral change happens in small moments that to go from someone who spends every single weekend at home by themselves to someone who's going to go travel to Europe by themselves. That's a very large jump to me that feels impossible or, and felt impossible with who I was as a younger person. I didn't even want to go to a restaurant I had never been to. I didn't want to risk like a bad meal. So I always went to the same place and ordered the same thing. My comfort zone was very small. I grew up in a small town. Like most of the people I knew were very similar to me. Um, So courage is something I purposely developed, but I was easy on myself and said, Hey, like, let's start with a Renaissance fair with like the person you're dating and then work our way up to the poker tournament in Vegas, which are, to me, they were very different levels of comfort there. That's funny, man, because I've been to like a billion poker tournaments and I've never like gone all out at a Renaissance fair. And I was, I want to go, can, can we make a plan to go to Renaissance, Renaissance fair together? Oh, that would be like so a- much fun. Here's the kicker. We have to 
on the way there, get out of the car and go somewhere like get food or something, walk in somewhere, not the Renaissance fair, dress like that. Cause that was part of the fun is being like, look at me. Like I, I'm the kind of person who just dresses in costume on a Wednesday afternoon and goes places. So yeah. we'll do that for sure. I'm so in on that. So like I, before I, uh, maybe it was about probably about like 10 years ago through like five years ago, I, uh, my sister's preschool that she worked at needed a Santa Claus. And I was like, I'll go play Santa Claus. And, um, and the first, the first time I did it, I, I went, I played, it was terrifying. I went and I went, you, number one, like my nephews and nieces are there, but they're like two and three. So, I, but, but, you know, you're still thinking that they're going to like know who you are, but obviously they don't. Um, and the adoration of the kids was incredible. The moment I left, I'm like, I want to go to a liquor store, buy booze dressed like this. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. There's, there's a courage built. You put on the suit and then you're like, okay, yeah. I can do this. Maybe yeah. I can go somewhere else with this. It's so cool. great. I love it. I'm in. I'm in. I definitely wanted the Renaissance Fair. I want to I wanna go dressed as the town fool. All right. <laughs> Kim, how do we, how do, how do we meet? How do we meet? Yeah. How do we get to know each other? <laughs> well, I am on social media. I've just launched um, the Better Bucket List group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is really intended for people to both inspire each other and also hold themselves accountable. Like put it out there. Are you committed to a 40 and 40, which by the way, works no matter how old you are, 30 and 30, 50, yeah. 50. I mean, gets a little bit challenging and you're in your seventies, but heck you should be better by then anyway. So um, there is a, um, I think an element to all of this. This is, that's about us shifting the conversation a little bit from what is to what we want to be Uh and that's what this online community is built to to be is let's start talking about our dreams let's start putting out there the little weirdo things and see who else would be like oh my god me too and get some reinforcement and maybe even lead to some accountability that you do have to shove yourself outside of the comfort zone um to to learn new things yeah. Um, and we're going to cheer you on as you do it. Awesome. I'm going to link in the show notes. I'm going to link to your Instagram, the better bucket list, your Facebook group, the better bucket list, your Twitter at the better bucket list. I'm going to link to all that stuff. My question was more egotistical than that, right? Like I like to, I, I like to, I like to break down on the podcast, how I met people and like how, why they decided to become my friends just as, as like a living document of like, yeah, yeah. How did, how did you, how did, how did we enter each other's world? Like, tell, tell me that. And then we'll talk about like why you decided to continue being my friend when you're someone so awesome and you could be friends with anybody. Well, we met because, you know, we, we both showed up somewhere we hadn't showed up before yeah. and we got to meet you know, a new person who, thank God, I, I would have never had the opportunity to meet if I had just gone about my normal everyday routine. So our mutual friend, Jerry McNamara, runs a absolutely invaluable weekly call for those of us who are entrepreneurs and business owners and um, trying to manage through the everyday struggles of our, of our business. Right, like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And you know what? And, and we both shut up and I watched you in those meetings be consistently adding value to other people's lives. And there's a lot of smart people out there. 
there's a lot of successful people out there. I'm interested in personally connecting with people who are investing in others. And to me, you are the epitome of that. And we had only had an online Zoom relationship through most of COVID. Yep. And then like six to eight weeks ago, maybe, I happened to be traveling through Jacksonville and you and I and Jerry, we met face to face for the first time. And it absolutely was a testament to how you can build a relationship over Zoom because it felt like I was seeing a childhood friend again for the first time in a long time. And everything I thought to be true from this online relationship um, felt 100% real when I when I met you in person. Man, that that felt man that yeah yeah. Isn't it great? Yeah, yeah. It was. I love how you put all that, man. Like, yeah, I totally right. So deconstructing it, right? Jerry McNamara. I'm actually going to link to the Proven Chaos office yeah. hours. So if anybody listens to this, because by the way, I'm interviewing Timmy next, and so. Yeah who I love. Yeah, exactly. Right. So we, we became this like inner nucleus. I remember coming into that group and it was just you and Timmy that first day. And you guys were like, well, we've been showing up for a couple of weeks. I'm like, oh, whatever. And, and I, you know, I, I was immediately, first of all, Jerry is episode, I think three of my podcast, right? Like he's somebody that's the type of person that attracts around him, the type of person that I love period. Right. Like I, I think this whole, like be a bat signal for everything that you represent really, really works. Um, and yeah, showed up, showed up to it kind of like as a favor to him. Cause I knew he was starting his, uh, he was starting his thing and he wanted to get more traction. And it was you, me, and, you know, it was you and Tim saying that you guys were regulars. And I immediately was just like, I need to show up here more often. Cause if these two people are regulars, like I, I want to get to know you, like, right. I was, I was immediately drawn to Tim's story. Cause it was right when like the black lives matter stuff started happening. Tim is like director play next, you know, coming, coming up next, <laughs> um, we're going to get into that story. I, for you, I was, you, you're this like successful executive in the HR world, right? Like you break so many norms to me that, and you know, like you're a successful executive in the HR world, but you're showing up to this, to this call and being super vulnerable, right? Like you were just like, man, I'm struggling with my daughter leaving a college. Like, so that, that immediately drew me to you. And then when we hung out, that was just incredible, right? Like we, we had that breakfast, then we went on a walk on the beach with Jerry. And then you and me went for like another long walk. And the conversation that we had was so deep and so like everything that I needed at that moment that it was just spectacular. Like, I, I, I totally agree. Like I really, what you said, I think this, there's no reason why your best friend can't be at the next Zoom call. <laughs> that you don't know yet, you know, like, and, and showing up to like this type of stuff, like it's, it's added so much value to my life. It's been incredible. All right. Are you ready for the lightning round? <laughs> <laughs> or did you, did you want to, did you want to say anything after that? I, I guess just that there are moments that you can't to bring it back to the better bucket list and, and what I know to be true is there are things you can't put on a list and go make happen. There is an element to, I think, your 40th year or any meaningful year that says, listen, put it out there that you are vulnerable and open and here's what you want and be willing to show up and see how it unfolds. And I, I would not have had it on my list sitting on a bench next to you at the beach and having a very 
deep, meaningful conversation. And yet I will not forget it. It was a transformative moment. And so there's an unfolding um, that happens when you show up and say, here's what I want to do this year. Who wants to kind of show up with me and, and lead the way? Yeah. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. Totally, totally transformative. Like I shared with you a fear that I don't think I had ever verbalized ever, which was really. That was right. the okay. person spirit, I, I think. I think oh. I, I was uniquely I think I was uniquely able to hear that fear. hundred percent. hundred percent. So yay us. Yeah. Yeah. That was amazing. That was amazing. Um, and I just want to point out there, adding value to people's lives is how you make the best relationships, right? Like if you, if you, you know, I, I consistently hear the, the highest level people that I have in my life that I'm like, why would this person be my friend? They all, they're always just like, dude, you showed up and I saw you, that was, you were like trying to help everybody that you knew and you were just like adding value. And that's the type of person I am. So like, I, I think, and that's a very learned behavior for me. Right. Um, so, so it's, it's probably the greatest lesson that, that I've, you know, one of the greatest lessons that I've ever gotten. And it's, it's that idea that it's people that give that, that, that receive the most, right. For sure. Really? Um, okay. Now for real, you're ready for the lightning round. Bam, 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 bam. All right. What is your favorite restaurant? Where is it? And what do you order? My favorite restaurant is no longer around, but there's only one answer. It's Johnny cheese, Chinese restaurant in West Hampton, New York. And I order the broccoli and brown sauce over white rice and it closed down. But Johnny, if you're out there, we're, we're ready for a, a reemergence. Johnny Cheese. I did not think that that was going to be a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> For, forever in, in my heart. So good. What content are you most into right now? Whether, you know, it's a podcast or like a, a, a book that you're into or a Netflix and chill series. Like what are you, what's, what are you consuming the most of right now that could be considered content? Right now I am feeding on Eckhart Tolle. Mm. Because my life is so quiet and here's this man who has gotten so comfortable being quiet and talking slowly and finding joy looking out the window and God, if I don't need to like keep learning more and more of that. And so I am, he is in my ears a few hours of every day. I, my only I only saw, I heard Edgar Tolley on the Oprah podcast. What a, does he have a podcast? Are you in a, like an audio book of Ed Cartole? Like, what are you consuming? I usually search on YouTube um, and search for different videos from him. He is doing a series. I don't know the name of the podcast right now that is much more timely and sort of says like, you know, how to stay mindful when you're anxious about your health. <laughs> like he's, he, is, he is living this with us. Um, and so I usually search YouTube and I, I like the Russian roulette approach where I just pick the one that catches my eye and and pop them in my ears. Interesting fact, that is exactly what YouTube is optimized for, right? Like thumbnail and hook point, that's exactly what it is, right? All right, I guess this is, all right, I'm gonna ask it even though that's been the whole conversation. What is something that you were sure about in your 20s that you no longer believe? Oh gosh, so many. Let me see if I can come up with something new. I think I was sure that there was kind of one one way to do it 
that there was one way to live my best life. Um, I had a very clear picture of what I thought that was. And, um, you know, and it included, you know, getting married and having children and being a photographer and the National Geographic, back to all that, like, um, and there is something both heartbreaking and also absolutely freeing when that vision of your life crumbles into burning ash and you realize that you can live through that and that there's really a million different versions of you and your life that you can create and they're all wonderful just like get started that's awesome what is your favorite piece of advice that you've ever like received or your like go-to piece of advice that you would want to give so gosh this one's controversial <laughs> please i want to give you the piece of advice that my dad gave that um is going to feel contradictory to most of what we just said but i don't want to give the impression that life is without risk or that everything you choose to do is going to be exactly the adventure you thought. And my dad said, Kimberly, <laughs> even serial killers are nice guys 95% of the time. Hmm. <laughs> and what that means is like, hmm. listen, like you think you know, you don't know. So whenever you think you've got someone or something or yourself figured out, guess what? 5% of the time you're totally wrong. And if you can be humbled by that, but not frozen to not act, I think you go into anything with a little bit of more realistic expectations. I don't know how to say it. Such like a multifaceted piece of advice, right? Because when you said it, you know, right now it, it, it sounds like you're basically saying it can mean you need to be humble about like how much you know and you don't know. When you first said it, I was like, oh, everybody has good qualities, no matter how bad the bottom quality is, right? Like there is, you know, it, it, it has a very like wide breadth of, of, of approach for that advice, but I like it. Cool. Well, and you know, it's it appreciated it because my dad has a way with words and it's, it's not said in a very pretty way, but yeah. you remember it. And yeah. that's, Sometimes it's important. Listen, man, as a marketer, I think a hook point is very important. <laughs> like I'm literally reading a book, a title, a book called hook point right now. Awesome. You know, here is normally where I say your Instagram, I'll say it again, the better bucket list on Instagram, Facebook group, the better bucket list, Twitter at the better bucket list. Um, outside of those things, Kim, you talked about in your career, you have given people, you, you understand how to deconstruct previous beliefs and you have a, you, you have like a slew of exercises for it, right? Like you taught me the whole, like you can balance an egg and people don't believe it until you do it for them. And then all of a sudden, like a whole room full of people, one guy gets it, the next person gets it, the next person gets it. Give me another exercise, like a, like another simple exercise to deconstruct, um, you know, previously formed beliefs. Gosh, well, I think, um, one of my favorites is there's a, a very simple exercise that proves to you that visualization works. That if you visualize something happening and then you try to go do 
something like that, that you're more capable of doing it. Um, if you visualize it first and it's very simple and you stand up and you put your arm out with your thumb up and you turn as far as you can towards your hand and you memorize the place on the wall, which is as far as you could go. And then you spend a couple minutes closing your eyes and visualizing yourself doing the same thing. But now you're like an owl and you go all the way around in your visualization. There's no rules. It's in your mind. You might as well bend the rules. Visualize yourself going past the point where you did before all the way back to the beginning. Do that two more times and then redo it in real life and you will go farther. And we have to be proven. Gosh, we're so logical and so scientific. We have to prove to ourselves things that feel hokey or spiritual or but are actually like founded in science. And so if you ever wonder why visualization works, just have an experience like that and you will prove it to yourself. I have like a super schmuck grin on my face because I'm so proud that I asked that question. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you better hang up and do it. That's- I'm about to. I still have not been able to get the egg to balance, by the way, for the record. You can, you can keep trying. It's, yeah. it's there. All right. All right. I'm going to. Um, last question. Where do you find community? I find community with other seekers who are trying to answer the same questions that I'm answering or that I'm asking. I find community with the authors that I read and the voices like yours that are online that are saying the hard words that ring true for me right now. I'm finding community, ironically enough, in line at Trader Joe's as we all stand there in our masks and an older person walks up and can't stand in the line like we can and she's ushered to the front. That's, that's a spiritual moment of community for me. And again, I would be remiss if I didn't call out again, our group once a week, a community of people who are trying to be better and purposely spending time every week with, again, with Jerry, our leader to be held accountable for this self-examination and realizing that the best way to change the world is to really change yourself. Those are the things I want to be talking about right now. And the people talking about that right now, that's my community. Epic. I'm glad you said that again, right? To remind people that I'm going to put the link to join that call weekly. Join us. If you're a seeker asking the same questions that we're asking, right? Like I, I love that by the way, I'm going to, I'm going to make you a quote card that says I find community with other seekers asking the questions I'm asking. I love that. That's really cool. Kim, I'm so glad we did this. (laughs) This uh, Listen, I had no idea, right? Like in all transparency, when I, when I tuned into that first call, I was like, I want to know Tim better. And as we, and as we grew together in that group, you have just been such a nourish it's you're such a source of like nourishment for for my soul for like my dreams for my ambition your the feminine energy that you portray is something that i think every man needs in their life right like like that 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 sense of balance and 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 calmness i you know i, I don't know how to really describe it but being your friend has just been so fulfilling to me and i'm so happy that I tuned into that call and that I stuck through it 
and that we've grown this relationship and that I feel like I'm going to be a part of your life forever and, and, and help you promote this book and help you, you know, whatever you're ever going to need from me. Like I'm like, I'm in, man, I can't wait to visit you in Nashville. Right. <laughs> like I need a cool friend in Nashville. Um, so, so thanks, Kim. Like, I really appreciate you doing this. I, I really appreciate our relationship that I'm glad you, you, you referenced that conversation, that, that sunrise on the beach conversation. Cause I, I will really never forget it. And I don't think I'm ever going to forget this one either. So thank you. Thank you. I'm going to let that sink in and, and feel it. I appreciate it. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that conversation right there as much as I did. Listen, Connect with Pablo is a content marketing community creation agency. The bottom line is that if you can start creating content that can give value to your customers or audience while creating strategic relationships through it, you can have a content machine that allows you to tell the story of your business through the value you are creating while gathering people together. If you're curious about that or know someone who could be, please shoot me an email at you should at connectwithpablo.com or hit me up on Instagram or LinkedIn through the profiles tagged in the show notes. If you just want a quick pick me up and some tactical advice right before walking into a room full of strangers, go to connectwithpablo.com, watch the five minute video about how to walk into a room and not feel like you're all alone and or download the little cheat sheet on how to do just that. I have a lot of my friends that I've done networking with me for a long time tell me that they love watching that thing and carrying it around when they're walking into a networking event or they're walking into a conference or sometimes even if you're just walking into a wedding and you don't know anybody, right? It has a lot of use for it. I invite you to check it out if you need it. I really hope you stick around, connect with me and start leaning into finding value in others and feeling like you have value to give yourself. It'll make the world a better place. I promise. Until the next episode, I am Pablo Gonzalez, your chief executive connector. 